The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seven on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Now, sleep to Brooklyn! I don't feel so good. Nah, because it's hot up here! And I am assuming that uh, the threads is still somewhat high it's still up in there it's still it's still up and running up and running for now so um but hey who, who's to say um you can find this here podcast on the coastal podcast network at cspn.us do it today that's one dot not two this is not a goose situation um which i don't know why that's been in my head lately it's two goose with two o's um for, for those of you of a certain vintage or have seen Top Gun recently. I don't know. I don't know your life. Anywho's, uh, you can also find us on your podcast approval place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Slow the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the podcast. Gia. Um, also, I was, for some strange reason, I was about to channel Slick Rick for a second, and uh, we're going to let that we're going to let that continue to go. You can also find us recording every Thursday night, nine thirty ish p.m. Nine uh, standard you know what I'm saying? Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's YouTube.com/slash the Click Nation and Twitch.tv/slash Comic Book Chronicles. Again, please click like, subscribe, and make sure to hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting live and recording. Mm-hmm. The ground, we are going to hit it running, uh, un- unlike someone hitting, potentially hitting the ocean in a certain show today uh, that we will not spoil because you don't know what we're talking about. But we will be talking about Star Wars Ahsoka. Um right off the bat, which uh, the episode's name was Fallen Jedi, which weirdly had me thinking about the video game and not the the, the couple of potential other uh, <laughs> references they were trying to make with this. 
but yeah. I think the funny part was that it applied to several characters. Basically. Actually, yeah, most of them. We don't know the the, the one um the one Padawan situation, but you know, but yeah, most... several characters. It yeah. could apply to several characters in the show. So, so quite apt, but if, if Cal Kester's head showed up in here, I'd have been like, What the fuck, y'all? <laughs> right, and, and one I was about to say one particular rumor uh was in fact uh debunked. You know, possibly involving Kyle Kestis. So, hmm. um, you know, we're not going to go beat for beat, as Roddy Cat just said in our pre-show meeting. But rather, we're just going to hit some of the highs and lows and not really getting into, like, deep spoiler territory. Otherwise, I would be hitting the spoiler bell. But what I will say is that this is probably the... Uh, you know, since we have now technically hit the midpoint of the season, mm-hmm. right? And we, I've, I've always used that as kind of the bar on how to measure how these uh, limited series, uh, Disney Plus shows, or even HBO Max shows, or any of these shows, you know, uh, that we've been reviewing as they as they go along. Once we hit the midpoint, we need to see movement. We need to see where this could possibly go. We need to see, you know, uh, uh some sort of uh you know so, some sort of some some sort of dynamic change in the story, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen that. We've got that. Mm-hmm. Episode 4 had a lot of that. You know, we have a lot of progress towards you know one character reveal we had an interesting surprise character reveal you know slash cameo slash return in this episode i won't spoil it but it was pretty big it was a pretty big surprise and it, um that, that a concept that also been out there. Uh, I, I, what's that i was just gonna say all that 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 that's been out there that news has been out well, there about who shows up but yeah well roddy cat is much more in tune with the social so he's just like yeah i know what's happening I have no idea. I'm a normal. So um, I'm I am not as you know, there was a time when I was definitely tuned into the social. So and 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 and, and being on top of rumors and whatnot. But when my point rumors, being that they also article. reintroduced. They also reintroduced the concept. That's all I wanted to say. You can go mm-hmm. on. OK, concept. Gotcha. Oh. Um. It's a concept. I don't want to get any more deeper into that because that involves spoiling. And but there's a concept mm-hmm. that uh, is reintroduced uh, from the animated series, the various animated series, and uh, seeing it in real life. You know, I, I, I could kind of see it uh, from, you know, it was kind of reminiscent of the, uh, the Game of Thrones ending credits sequence uh, that this, sh- this show kind of has. And then when they brought this out, uh, the, they reintroduced this concept in, in live action. I was like, oh, of course they would. So uh, take it from there. I was about to say, you lost me on the Game of Thrones reference because I never watched that show. But um, the only other thing I'm just going to say is that something or someone shows up that I, that I um, kind of wondered last week whether they were going to show up or not, and they did. So I was like, okay. There we go. That 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 check mark check mark has uh has uh has been uh, checked. Um, outside of that, there was a thing near the a thing that Age of Seventy and I were talking about before the show that was uh, that we both agreed that was clearly ter- telegraphed. 
that uh, came out uh, that that happened early in the show that ended up, you know, um, I guess paying off or you know at near the end of the show, which is goes into what um, Agent Seventy is saying about the um, the headway that we're getting in the story. In, in a yeah, way. That's, I, that's at least one aspect right. that we're getting some headway. You know, like uh, the the MacGuffin, as it were, that they were seeking out was actually used in this episode. Mm-hmm. So that's one that that's one thing uh, that helped to get the story moving uh, in, uh, you know, giving this. That's one thing that gave the story forward momentum is that they finally got the moment. They, they finally got the MacGuffin to do what it is they needed it to do. Right. So, which brings me to something else that has been theorized that I'm going to poke poke at for one quick second, because there's really not much else to say about the show that's not going to go into spoiler territory. But there is a theory about part of their part of Ahsoka and Sabine's quest that I can't see being the case as people are theorizing at it, unless something happened. But then we would have. I feel like we may or may not have seen something along those lines by now. Um, and there's a prevailing theory about, like I said, well, you know, I've said enough because there's a prevailing theory about someone showing up uh, during the course of this that uh, who they're looking for. And I can't see how that person could have already be in a place where people are trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So that seems kind of I was like I'm not sure how that, how that theory holds up thinking about that, which is weird because I came I thought about that during the course of watching the show. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, hold up. Granted, that the character people are questioning didn't show up. No, wait, no, no, no. I guess I, I guess I was them, and I guess that now that I think about it, that might have been the other place where the 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 theory got uh, poked a hole in. Or maybe not. Actually, I don't. I, I don't. You lost me on that part. I was just going to mention that we did see a version of the Holdo maneuver pulled off. Yes, and that scared the hell out of me. I was like, "No, right? No!" I was but like, he, "Get out of the way!" <laughs> and they were right. And I was like, "Well, but the thing about it, it wasn't going to go the exact. I knew it wasn't going to go the exact way we say Wayne, but I thought something else was going to get happen, like they were going to get pulled along or something." But I don't mm-hmm. think that's how hyperspace uh, works. But it clearly, right. it like, yeah. But oh, clearly, oh. something happened. So yeah, I, I thought about that too. I was like, oh well, oh well. <laughs> they get hold old, hold old. I was like, no, <laughs> not the Asian character too. You know, but thankfully he made it out. Spoiler, which is the character I was talking about from last week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, not him too. <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought about that for one for one brief second. Like, I'm not going to do that to him, but um, he got to say the thing. I was so happy about that because I know he's a big big uh, Star Wars fan. So yeah, he he got to say the thing, and I was I was just like 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 that made me smile way big. But anyway, outside of that, um, I'm looking forward to next week because yeah, looks like there's really not much else to say about that. There was some there was some. Um, conversation about stuff that I'm sure that'll that's going to come up again during the course of this uh if not next week then by the time a couple of pieces get back into uh get back into the same place which that's definitely where they're going with uh, uh with with how they're playing this out so 
uh, with like, like uh, Agent Seven said, the, the MacGuffin that that gets reintroduced into this is definitely going to be um, uh, the bridge, almost quite literally. Uh, into oh, no, that, that wasn't the MacGuffin that that, that I was referring to. That, that, you're talking you know, about the, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, but but from yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, but the concept that I was referring to earlier, right? That's introduced is quite literally the connective tissue between the first half of the season and the second half. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's Ahsoka. Um, now we're going to get into the um, the season finale of uh, my adventures with Superman, which was episode ten. Yes, yes, episode 10, which was called something about fathers. Uh, yeah, actually, I forgot what it was. I was want to say faith of the fathers, but that doesn't sound right. No, I literally just had it up, so I, you know, it, it but uh, I didn't pay too much attention to the title, so I'm just mildly curious as to what the title was. Just give me a moment, folks, and I will have that for you. Hearts of the Fathers. There we go. Hearts of the Fathers. And there are a couple of uh, father characters that uh, play roles in this episode, chiefly General Lane. And uh, there are revelations to the characters, not necessarily to the viewers, but to the characters here. And uh, those revelations play a big role in how this episode plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between, you know, father and child and father and child's friend slash, uh, love interest. Right. There was a potential other revelation that probably could have happened that still hasn't, well, that happened towards the audience, but we already knew that is not, um, given to the character, spe- specifically the, the main character, um, that I guess they're still going to tour around with a little bit more. Um, but yeah, and at the end, we got um, we get to see who's kind of, uh, who's who was behind Zero Day, I guess. We, I think we can pretty much put that piece into, into play. Right, right, um, right, right. And right. it's not surprising because you, you, well, I guess it's not surprising if you know Superman lore enough. Yeah, hell, even if you've seen the old movies, I guess, until you can kind of... I was going to say it's more of a... I don't want to say a more of a recent uh, kind of conversion to, uh, you know, help enhance Superman's rogues gallery, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, this character really wasn't around that much until, you know, let's say the last, like, 15 years. Right. Um, but the other one, you was. know, always knew we always knew uh, Lex was number one, right? But this character has been elevated to, if not one A, number two. Hmm. Um, so it's you know it's no surprise that he would be introduced in the series. Um, I wanted to mention something that Roddy Cat and I uh, were discussing in the pre-production meeting just prior to recording and that being how there are a lot of kind of tried and true Superman origin concepts that we generally hold to be canon that are still left up in the air and unestablished in this series. We're not going to go into all of them because it is worth it. I think 
for our viewing and listening audience to, if they haven't already, go back and watch My Adventures with Superman. It's only 10 episodes right now for the first season. It's worth it. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And you will receive, you will, no, you'll realize that the story that you are receiving, that they are giving you, is not necessarily what you're used to. There are definitely twists on um uh, on on um on old and continuing themes in the story in the superman story but there are some things that are left unsaid that until we get to at least uh season 2 we're left thinking about at the end of episode 10 so you know and Radika and I were discussing what's still kind of up in the air and it's really curious that they would leave something as basic as basic as why Clark is on Earth up in the air. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a spoiler, but it's a mild one, but it'll sit with you once you finish episode 10 and realize that that's still up in the air. Right. And I suspect there could be, there's probably going to be a difference in, into what is known and what ends up coming to be the case at this point. Um, but I guess that'll, that'll be for next season or whatever, the, or whatever, what have you. Uh, I was going to say, you mentioned Lex. I'm su- kind of surprised we actually haven't, uh, been introduced to, uh, Lex yet at this point. Not directly. He's there. Right. He was in an episode, but Wait, was he? they haven't really come out yet. Okay. That must be another thing that I didn't remember hearing about, uh. I feel like there might have been a like a reference or something, but they've made it, no. They introduced a character I believe named Alexander. Oh, right, 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 right. right. So right. I'm presuming. I'm assuming. No, that that's pretty good. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I totally didn't. Uh, yes, I forgot about that character. Yeah, because it's because it's come up a couple of different times. So mm-hmm. then that would be a different. That would be. A, a slightly different version of that character, if that, if that exactly, the because case. they have introduced all sorts of different Lex Luthor's in the past. Right. You know, the, the small. It, what's interesting is that the Smallville one is actually the like closest to the classic version where they grew up together. Right. So, huh. Smallville. Um, I almost put that on, I, which I didn't. Which, 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 obviously, I haven't watched. But you know, even watched. when it was when it was on TV. Uh, uh, you know, as a current show, I was not right. watching that. I think I, I I remember watching it uh, the first season, and it was like, okay, this is way too CW for me. So I checked out, <laughs> and then they, and then I heard about the stuff they did later on, and him and how it ended or whatnot. I was like, okay, well, I, I suppose I missed something, but not, not but not much. Um, but yeah, so the other thing I was going to say is, uh, to, to go on something that Agent 70 said, and then we can kind of wrap this up for for that. Um, yeah, he, I, I agree with him about, yeah, this is definitely a different version because it, it very much is a different, uh, take and, uh, on the Superman mythos that we know about. In fact, the, there's an episode that, uh, uh, Agent 70 referenced, uh, before the show that pretty much lets people at least or at least people that would know any better or know it different that yeah this is definitely a different take on the character like yeah you can see that from the start mind you if you know you know the the basics about the about superman origin 
uh, and what is known and what isn't known. But yeah, like I said, there's, there's one episode that's like, okay, no, this is this is definitely a different uh, uh, different thing, and, and it's also the same episode that that pretty much uh, mentions the multiverse. So, but yeah, it is very it is a, it is a good show, I think, and like Agent Seven said, like it is worth this worth your time to watch, and it's only some episodes if you are if you uh, you know if you're a fan of Superman, like yeah, it's a different date, but it's if it's a different date, take that's actually. Is is a so far has been a good watch. Um, in into the into the uh, into the space, and with that, I think we are going to unless Agent Seventy has something else. No, not for those two shows. Okay, um, I'm going to quickly mention the fact that Star Wars, Star Trek. Excuse me. Here we go. Star Trek Lower Decks also um, premiered its fourth season tonight. Uh, as of today, as of uh, this recording, uh, there's two episodes out there, and I assume it's going to go ten, like it, like the last couple of, like the last three seasons have uh, have done. But, but yeah, there are two episodes out there right now. Uh, I have not watched them yet because it just came out today, and I was like, I'll watch them later. Um, but yeah, that's uh, lower decks. The, the deckers are back, and I know probably shout out to Matt Wayne ninety seven, who's probably already. <laughs> watch it when he watch it uh, when when he has time. So, uh, with that, we're going to get into the books of the week. Uh, starting off with what did we say? Fantastic Four. No. Anyway, at the Hall of Justice. Sorry about that. I stepped no, no. on you. Go ahead. No, no, no you good. You good. Uh, matter of fact, you just go ahead and play it again. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. I can edit that up probably, but I won't. Fantastic Four number 11 is what we're starting off with. Fantastic Four number 11 is written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Coelho, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, the hardest working letterer at VC, VC's Joe Caramagna. This is seemingly a one-off. We've gotten several story arcs in Ryan North's run on Fantastic Four. This is seemingly a one-off, but what a one-off story it is. Because it is very much uh, in the vein of a family-based story. Because it involves, I guess I can't really spoil it. Because it is on the cover. So if you look at the cover, there is in fact a beast. Not the beast, but it is a beast. And interestingly, this is how Benji Grimm refers to this particular animal throughout most of this issue. But as stories like this tend to go, uh, you know, things don't play out the way uh, Ben Grimm wants and uh, you know things are not always as they seem literally in this issue and uh, uh, the uh, the beast as it were uh, becomes a friend to one Ben J. Grimm yeah there's a new addition might as well go ahead and say it there's a new addition to the family It it is all but written, said uh, uh, during the course of this issue. Although the the beginning of this uh, issue kind of messed me up for for like thirty seconds because I was like, wait, 
Because it starts off with Ben feeling a certain way about this particular uh, this particular animal or this particular species of animal, I guess. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, I know better. And I think even uh, even one of the other characters, probably Alicia, somebody kind of mentioned as much. Or it was either Alicia or, or Johnny. It was a way. So one of the characters kind of mentioned those. I was like, no. And I know the last one of the last times I've seen Ben, he was with a certain inhuman that's uh, mm-hmm. s- similar to this uh, to this uh, to this creature. And I'm seeing like, now nah, I know better. <laughs> like the ever loving blue eyed thing is, is friend to friend to the pooches. So I know better. But so it's so kind of weird. Yeah, I was going to say there was a little bit of Ben pulling out some science and his test pilot skills. Which was cool. Uh, which was a, a, a nice aside because this was very much a Ben-centric issue. Mm-hmm. You had to have a little bit of science in an FF book. Right. And it, and it didn't come from Reed this time, although Reed was referenced. Uh, so, yeah, that part, I, I enjoyed that because, like, hey, people tend to forget he was a, he was a test pilot. You know, before, before everything happened, so I was like, oh, "Look at look at old Benji getting getting those uh, getting those smarts in <laughs> during the course of all this mess." So, but yeah, it, this was a, a a a pretty great issue, potential click of the week for me. Um, yeah, same. And uh, yeah, I I've been enjoying the kind of the the, the these little one and two offs Randolph and crew has been has been doing. You know, we don't. I guess I would say we don't get too many of these because it's cause, and it's like slightly harking back to old books when they, um, you know, when in between arcs or runs, they would kind of have a, like a, a one off or two off story uh, right. in transition uh, to the next story or whatever the case may be. So it, it's good to see. Um, now, that being said, I kind of thought that the, um, there was going to be something impossible going on with this whole thing and the person who ends up being um the adversary here was not a um was was not a character that I had ever heard of. In fact I just ended up looking him up to not not remember that. I was like, wait, is it is not the character that you did you know of with a similar name. But this was definitely a deep cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wonderful. Oh yeah, I was about to say you need to crack out your you, you need to break out your uh, Google's or Ohat move to uh, check this character out. I would be surprised if this char- character was not even in the the Ohat move. Let's put it that way. All right, now know. that's a challenge. Now I'm going to turn around <laughs> to the bookshelf and check that out. Yes, 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 yes. And while he's doing that, um, yeah, I would be surprised. I wouldn't we'll be surprised stop, if it start was. With the, well, I'll start with the first Ohatmu. He's going through pulling all of them. By the way, that omnibus is out. Uh, wait, is it out? I think it is out for sale, right? Which one? The Ohatmu uh, omnibus. The one that's like hundred bucks. Oh, a whole bunch of them. Oh no, I mean that's been that's been out, it's out of print now. No, I thought there was a, they had a, there's a new version that they uh, that does. Oh yeah, there. like a brand new yeah, like the deluxe version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah, that's coming out. All right, so this character is not in the first one. Okay, so I'm right, was right. Not so the far. First <laughs> in the first one. Let's see, if it's, let's see if the character's in the deluxe version. Uh, 
Because this is right. such a well, I would say it's a one-off character, but apparently this character showed up a couple of times. But still, yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I recognize the name, I just don't know where I've seen the character. Well, I recognize I mean? the name, but the name is for for a different character. Right. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. Not in. Not in the deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. He didn't even warrant. Let's see. Is he dead? So here's the funny part. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm looking at the Wikipedia um, and it says that, and I'm not going to say the name of the character, but this uh, character comes becomes one of the many minor Marvel comics super villains to be killed by the scourge of the underworld. Oh, I love- but, but is ref- uh, resurrected. The deluxe edition. He is in the deluxe edition. Okay. Book of the Dead, I think. Okay. But is resurrected resurrected much later by the demon Dormammu as a parasite of Hood. Ah. Uh, I'm assuming that means it's a Hood. <laughs> yeah, no, he's definitely yep. in the deluxe edition. That is funny stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, he's is... in the Book of the Dead. He's definitely yeah. in the Book of the Dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't, didn't want to, Yeah. So, yeah, at the time... Right, so at the time that Deluxe uh, was made, uh, was was after uh, justice was served. <laughs> That's funny as hell. So anyway. I was about to say, I love you know what's what's funny is as Hold much on. as I would love to have the color versions, having these uh, uh, essential versions is still great. Hold those up real quick. I got the camera on you. Just hold those up for the for the folks. Yeah, there we go. Let's see all that goodness. Yeah, folks. See, back before the internet, uh, kids, we used to have to get the the, the character information from books such as that. Yeah, from 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 the uh, the uh, the original comics that that constitute these trade paperbacks. Right. Um, and DC had also had a had a, a a set of them. Actually, I think they also have a, a omnibus that is either coming out or out uh, a new oh, version of. It's out. You can get it. Okay, so then the new version is out already. Yeah, the who's who, the omnibus. Yeah. It's, okay. It's definitely out. DC's DC's uh, bullshit is crazy. So I don't know. I, I would. I think I've probably said it before. I would probably get it just to be like, what the who is it? You know, just just to flip through. Yeah. Yeah, I I was about to say it. Like, uh, it, you know, I, I've I've definitely given buying the who's who, the original who's who omnibus, a ser- like serious thought. Right. Yeah, so just I, to see how far, how much things have changed. Because mm-hmm. I have the original Ohatmu. Well, I, I should hopefully still have the old original Ohatmu uh, issues uh, somewhere, um, and I might might end up buying the, the omnibus. But yeah, I've never bought Who's Who, the the, the, the DC stuff. Because yeah, no. Yeah, I kind of regret not buying the omnibus, the original omnibus, uh, like the, the the very first version. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 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 omnibus form in color, just so that I could put it on my bookshelf. I kind of regret it now, sure. even though like I we, you know we talked about it when it was coming out. I was like, oh, this would be great to have. I was like, oh, do I really need it on my shelf? Mm. You know, so I kind of hemmed in hard, and now mm. it's out of print. So you know, at the end of the day, you know, I could probably find it used. It is on my list of things to look for at New York Comic Con, which is coming up soon. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, because I'm not looking for back issues technically anymore. So that might be something that, like, I'll try to look for, like, on a Sunday, on Sunday and see if I could, 
you know, so, you know, I don't have to drag it around all day on any of the other days of the con, <laughs> you know, or maybe pick it up on my way out on like a Thursday on like Thursday so that right. uh, I don't have to carry it during the weekend. Right. Well, we'll see uh, how that works out uh, come that time in a couple of months. But right yep. now, let us move on to the X corner of uh, the the Marvel Universe with Immortal X Men number fifteen. Immortal X Men number fifteen is written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Paco Medina, colors by David Curiel, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, this is one branch of the X one 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 part of the X corner where one branch of the story that is following uh, several characters who are dealing with um, the uh, the remnants of Krakoa. This is what you know, and and and, and as well as a group of um, refugees from Krakoa who find themselves lost in the wilderness much like the Israelites in the desert. So uh, this is that branch of the story, and we're following these two groups as one group tries to lay siege to um, Krakoa, which is being defended by a lone Hmm. mutant. Mm -hmm. And the other group, the group that finds themselves... um, in the wilderness, as it were, are beset by various, let's say, by various uh, analogies to biblical uh, to biblical concepts. Mm-hmm. One of which uh, come well. Which come in the form of some uh, of a person they are uh, familiar with, and if you're uh, watching the video version, you can see who I'm talking about. Right. Um. Yeah. So we get uh, a small question answered, which opens up a a whole another set of questions. Well, one question at the very least. Um. Because yeah, one groups ends up ends up uh we still don't know where the one where the the, the latter group agent somebody was talking about uh is but we see where they end up and which answers one question that was from what seemingly one-off thing in sins of sinister or near the end of sins of sinister i think um but we still don't know what in the world's going on with that put it that way right um but yeah, this is um, this is a there's a there's a there's a, die, a potential diehard situation that I thought they were going to go with, uh, <laughs> with the other part of that story, which I guess kind of you know can still be the case, but they just don't ever they don't show it. And then someone pops up at the end, which I think Agent Seventy can probably clue me in on. Um, uh, although I can probably suspect where this character came back into play uh, from, if this character is indeed back into play properly, because um, the the story that I think that would have probably handled that, or the two stories that would have handled that, uh, I did not read yet. So I guess it probably should kind of, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's exactly where it was. Yeah, so. kind of figured, but. 
But that being said, hey, you know, uh, that's a Immortal 15. There's um, some amusing dialogue between, uh, some would say amusing dialogue between Sebastian Shaw and um, Celine mm-hmm. uh, during the course of this. I'm like, okay. I, I am thoroughly enjoying Destiny being useless and annoying. I'm like, yes, keep writing her as being useless and annoying. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Freaking Destiny. Yes, Agent 70 has, uh, has, has never cared for her, even when she became young and hot. Yeah, useless and annoying. <laughs> or as, as has been said, anyway. Uh, and with that, uh, we will push over to the other book uh, in the X Corner, which would be. Uh, well, actually, there probably was another one. Or at least that's from what we've gotten. Uh, X Men yeah. number 26. Number t- yes, X Men number 26 is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Jim Toe and Javier Pina, colors by Marta Gracia, and letters by VC's Clayton Cowell. So, this, as I said earlier, is another aspect, another corner, another branch of this. Uh, Fall of X storyline. This issue follows uh, some of the more, I guess, core characters of the X-Men that we've been following throughout these um, Fall of X, throughout the days of Fall of X. And we're seeing what um, uh, certain characters are doing to fight back and resist um, against Orcus. So, you know, we, we actually pick up the threads of, of several stories. We pick up the threads of uh, Emma Frost and Tony Stark's story, as well as, believe it or not, the Kingpin story. We pick up on uh, what Kamala Khan is doing, as well as with what uh, Kate Pride and Angelica Jones are doing. That's probably the most fun part of this issue. Because it involves a big fight sequence and a nice reveal where things do not get out of hand, but uh, the status quo remains because certain aspects of the story need to play out. Right. And it's teased at the end of the issue what we have talked about in the uh, news, which is uh, Tony Stark and Emma Frost tying the knot. Right. I feel like X, X-Men, uh, adjectives of X-Men, I guess we can, we can call it, uh, has been the book that has pretty much filled in the blanks for the other books. Or at least in the last few episode, uh, issues. Because, like, certain things like the Kingpin getting introduced and whatnot, that, which I think that was probably, uh, that might have been in X-Men, I don't remember. Regardless, uh, in, into the X-Corner like this, and we don't really get a sense of what, you know, what he was, uh, what's going to happen to him at the time until, until the gala and everything popped off. And then the kind of other, uh, little separate stories that are coming together are kind of being explained how they get to that point or how we're getting to that point, uh, in the pages of, of this book. So, which I guess in in that sense makes, uh, X-Men kind of an essential book. In that respect, like yeah, you're getting some of this. You're getting a lot of this in the other books, but like there is some like here's a little bit of some time that you know are accounted for that would account to why this ends up happening type situations going on uh, from the other books. 
uh, and I say other books, it's not like there there there, there are many uh, X books out there at the, at the point, but uh, but uh, the point still stands, right? So, <clears throat> so yeah, this is, it's been good stuff so, so far. That um, like it just said that whole uh, last part with uh with uh Kate and uh and Angelica was uh I'm like wasn't sure how that was going to end up, but you kind of could you know figured it wasn't going to end up like how you 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 think it was going to and. So, it worked out, and now they're going to the next part, which is going to um, possibly answer another question: if that last, uh, if that image page for the next issue is to be uh, believed, right? Uh, and was uh, I think asked about either here or no, I think it was asked about here uh, because there was going to be another mission um, uh, gone on until uh, the 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 obvious snag happened, so. But yeah, that was X Men Twenty Six. You can see the um, one of the variant covers if you're watching the video version. But you could also see this other variant cover here. <clears throat> uh, and we can move on to, I guess, well, rapid fire for myself because that, that's all the yes. 70s books. Yep. So I will spin it up for the rapid fire review time. I ain't got time to bleed. All right, folks. Um, we had a weird week this week because uh, we didn't get all of the books we uh, would have been. Otherwise, we probably would have had a little bit more, or Agents of would have had more books to talk about. Um, but for me, actually, I would have also. Star Trek Defiant number seven is the book um, started off with, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell, with art by Angel Onzueta, uh colors by Marissa Louise, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So this is part four of that day of blood, and I have the wrong book up being shown. That is awesome. We'll get to that one in a second because there is a there is a through line here uh, for that particular book, sorta. Uh, where are you, book? Here we go. There we go. Star Trek: Defiant Number Seven. I already said all that. This is another potential click of the week for myself. Uh, like I said, part four of five for the Day of Blood uh, crossover series from the the ongoing uh, the, the 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 Star Trek ongoing in this book, um, Cisco and Mor- Worf pretty much make it to see Kales, or I was about to say the Wizard, but that's not how this uh, how this is playing off. Uh, but uh, Worf's son Alexander is kind of in the way, so uh, Worf is dealing with that while Ben with Cisco is trying to deal with Kales. Um, but, uh, thinking he was getting the upper hand, Kayless may have possibly made a big mistake that, uh, is going to probably bite him in the ass in the, in the next, uh, part of this. Um, meanwhile, the, uh, crews of the, the, the Defiant and the Theseus are, um, uh, fighting for their lives out in space and they come together in a most Star Trek way, um, without there being a tailpipe, uh, involved. Uh, and there is that. Is there a banana? There is not. Uh, no. This, uh, the truckies would know what what I what uh, what I'm what I'm referencing there. Right. And, um, and 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 the pop culture nerds will know what I was referencing. Yes. The 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 Venn diagram on that one on this show for me is is like a perfect circle. Uh, next book is Steelworks. Number four, 
of six. Um, and I said there was a through line here, which there kind of is, because uh, the book is written by one Michael Dorn, a.k.a. Star Trek's Wharf. Now, you kind of wonder why he's not uh, um, writing Star Trek Defiant. Hey, who knows, man? But uh, art is being done by Sam Ribasri and uh, Vicente Cifuentes, colors by Andrew Dollhouse, and letters by Rob Lee. So again, I said Dusty Works is for number six, if I didn't say, because uh, it's a miniseries. So, um, uh, Steel, one John Henry Irons, is pretty much putting the pieces together as to why uh, things have been happening throughout this miniseries. But uh, b- before he kind of fully does that, he's visited once again by a character that I'm calling the Ghost, uh, a.k.a. like Marvel's Ghost, because they have a similar power set. But it, but the character's called um, the Silver Mist. And John also finds out his connection to this character, or at least finds out who this character is uh, during the course of this issue. So, But we also find out that as smart as John is, apparently his enemies uh, kind of one-upped him, but uh, he doesn't know that uh, just yet. But we'll find out next issue where there is a familiar-looking uh, mechanical thing that's going to come into play next uh, next issue. So we will see how that plays out. Next up is City Board number four of six. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'd think I've been talking too much, but I haven't actually said much lately today. Written by Greg Park, art by Ming Yu Jung, colors by Sebastian Ching, letters by Wes Abbott. So Cameron goes to Bloodhaven. And if you know the current goings-on in Bloodhaven, you know who's, who's going to show up. And if you're watching the video version of the show, you also know because it's right there in the, in the cover. Um, and apparently these two characters have met previously, but it was in um, the, the previous event prior to Dawn of DC, which I had not read, which led up into the, and I guess was the introduction to of City Boy uh, in, in this thing. But nevertheless, uh, there's some teaching lessons happening. There's some angst happening. There's, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, hey, I, I help you, you help me situation going on. And, of course, Dick trying still being, you know, um, uh, the big brother to every other either superhero, wannabe superhero that, that comes across. He wants to be a good role model, and he is, because that's what Dick does. Uh, Dick Grayson, not... You know, anyway, um, and yeah, the audience gets confirmation about something uh, or someone that is behind uh, who's uh, trying to get after young Cameron and his powers to talk to the city. Uh, like I said, we already know this, but now the, you know, it's, it's kind of getting out there a little bit more and has been said by name at this point. Uh, next up, um, it looks as though young Cam is going to be uh, meeting up with a thing from the swamp, uh, according to the last page of this book. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, last book for me is actually still in the DC corner with Fire and Ice. Welcome to Smallville number one of six. Uh, script by Joanne Starrer. Art by Nat- uh, Natasha Bustos. Colors by Tamara Bonvillain. And letters by Ariana Maher. 
So, uh, after the events of the Power Girl Spatial, which was probably like a good month ago at this point, um, Fire and Ice, who are, let's just say, lesser-known DC heroes uh, in the grand uh, stream of things, uh, have been relocated to uh, Smallville, thanks to Superman, uh, thanks to some intervention by uh, Superman. And no thanks to Guy Gardner, who, if you did not read that Power Girl special, kind of had a hand in some things going all kind of crazy. And it's Guy Gardner, so big big surprise there. Um, one of the ladies, Fires, is kind of having some problems kind of uh, acclimating because she wants to be wants to make a name for herself in the, in the superhero biz, while the other one is just like, I, I just want to chill and try to recoup and rethink, you know. Uh, but of course, you don't have a character named Fire who's also kind of hot-blooded, even though, even though they're dressed in uh, green and them not, you know, playing the type. So, but of course, with um, this being a, a book that um, has to do with a certain other main character's uh, hometown, of course they show up because uh, one of the ladies starts off, uh, starts off a thing that uh, brings some trouble to the town to some slight amusing to effect. Um, so there is that, but Hey, we'll see how things go for, for them going forward because, you know, another lesson known uh, DC characters looks like is going to come into play next, uh, next issue. And that folks is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Um, Jokingly, but not really jokingly, well, we were talking in our in our group chat uh, about uh, one of our absent uh, um, uh, um, co-hosts' uh, picks, and it does actually happen to be uh, Star Trek: Defiant Number Seven. There it is. Um, I can say, and you say, know which I was about to say, you know which co-host that is too. Yeah, you. Yes, that is that is dirt. Uh, if 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 there are happen to be anybody who's a little bit new and don't know, uh, big another big Star Trek fan on the panel. Um, so there is that. Um, I will say that Star Trek Defiant is a uh, potential for me as as well as Fantastic Four number eleven uh, at this point, and I'm still kind of mold that out. So I don't know if Agent Seventy has his uh, click. No, I've got mine. And, you know, as much as I liked X Men. This week, because as you know, for, for much the same reasons that Roddy Cat mentioned, X Men number twenty six, that is, of uh, how this issue proved to be the glue, as it were, uh, to keep the Fall of X storyline together for the readers. And you know, this issue is very good at keeping uh, pace with where the story should be going at this point. So you know, it moved several story threads. Uh, several stories along, carrying along several story threads. But I think my click of the week is going to be Fantastic Four number 11 because I just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the folks on the video version saw, I put it up uh, uh, probably about 30 seconds before he said it because I kind of figured that's where he was going with it. Right. I mean, I had, I had talked about that probably right. being my uh, click of the week. Right. And just before. So. Right, and like I said, I I can totally understand it because that was a very good, uh, you know, one and done read, 
or I guess potentially one and done. Who's who's to say, you know, <laughs> maybe something out of it is gonna is gonna carry forward. Well, something and it is carrying forward, but something a little bit more something as significant, I guess you could say, will carry right. forward. Um mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This would be one of those times where I'd be like, eh, why not both? But I'm not gonna do that. Um <laughs> Because uh, there have been times in the past uh, that 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 has been the case. So, hmm. I think I'm actually going to go with. Uh, I, I I did enjoy Fantastic Four the Eleven very much, but I think I'm actually also going to go with uh, Star Trek Defiant Number Seven. There you um, go. I am very curious to see <laughs> what's going to happen in in, in the uh, I guess in Star Trek uh, the the Star Trek ongoing. Uh, coming out of the last page because uh, that's uh, that's something straight it, it seems like something straight out of Dragon Ball speaking of so that's kind of funny <laughs> with what with what happened uh, and with that like I said and without any any do spoilers we are going to go into the news section but first an ad read our first ad read of the night is for Wink the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to toronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's yes, cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news as we do about this time. First up is some news that uh, Agent 70 I know was excited about. Um, New Godzilla Minus One trailer takes uh, the Kaiju King back to his metaphorical roots. He has seen the trailer. I have not at this point, but I'm probably going to watch it later. Your thoughts? Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's very much a modern retelling of uh, kind of the first Godzilla movie and what, you know, a a slightly different view of Godzilla's emergence post-World War II would be like for uh, a post-war Japan. So that's where the whole concept of minus one comes from, because if Japan is at its lowest point post-World War II, it drops into the negative when Godzilla appears. So that is, I believe, the concept behind the title. And uh, I think it's going to be worthwhile to go see this live in the theaters. Um, I plan on being there opening night. It's going to be probably a, a movie protocol for me. So, you know, we'll see when that uh, happens in December. It is not a SAG after thing, so we probably won't have a delay on it. 
Yeah, no, and I think it was pretty much done at this point anyway. From 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 um, I guess from from news accounts. So you know they're just doing post stuff. Right. Um, next up, though. Ron Perlman would love to come back as Hellboy to complete the trilogy. Hellboy star Ron Perlman is still uh, the live-action version of Hellboy that most people recognize. Um, unfortunately, he and director Guillermo del Toro never got to finish their planned trilogy of Hellboy films. Uh, let's see. While there's no indication that del Toro will ever get to make his Hellboy 3 movie, uh, Ron Perlman would still love to reprise the role one final time to close out the trilogy. Okay. Yeah, according to this article, I, I totally forgot about this. David uh, Harbour um, played the most recent Hellboy, and according to this article, that movie wasn't great. Right, right. That's why I said, you know, that's why I kind of editorialized my, my own reading of the article of the story by saying that uh, Ron Perlman's Hellboy is still the most recognizable Hellboy. Right. But apparently there's going to be another Hellboy movie with another different <laughs> actor, according to this article. So that's like, yeah, they're, wow. <laughs> that's a okay. whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole thing, I guess. Um, folks, y'all know um, the voice Y'all, you, anytime you hear the voice of Optimus Prime, one name comes to mind, and that would be, well, would come to mind if you actually paid attention to who, who, who voices, and that's the name of Peter Cullen. What you may or what you may or may not know is that Peter Cullen uh, also voiced the voice of uh, in uh, in uh, Michael Bay's Transformers movie, but apparently, uh, according to this article, he had to um, uh, audition for it. Which I can only imagine the article, the audition going. I'm the voice of Optimus Prime, bitch. Huh. but um, but no. He, according according to this article, um, um, oh, so apparently in this, I guess they're reaching back for this one. They're saying in 2022 for the film's 15th anniversary. It's been 15 years for since that first Michael Bay and uh, the uh, Transformers. That's, that is wild. Um. It says here that Peter Peter Cullen spoke about his journey to voicing um, Optimus Prime on in the the the, the cartoon uh, and going into the uh, the the, uh, the Michael Bay movie. And it says a quote: When I first um, auditioned for Michael Bay, a young girl was was going to read the lines of another character. Cullen said, "We looked at the script and it said Ironhide. Ironhide. I actually played Ironhide in the cartoon as well." Um, and it says here that realizing this could give him an advantage over everyone else, Colin asks if he could read both sets of lines alternating between Optimus Prime and uh, an Ironhide, both of which he played. And Bay was stunned by the ask, not, really, not realizing that this was a pretty common practice for many voiceover artists. Um, said uh, Frank Worker, one of the great voice, voice actors of all time, he'd do Megatron and like five other voices, which is true because he's still out there doing a whole bunch. So we always ended up uh, talking to ourselves, as it were. So that's a, that was a fun little quote that I had to that I had to read. But imagine being an iconic voice having to. Uh, I mean, I know it happens, and you know you gotta kind of go through the thing. But <clears throat> having to have to uh, an audition for a role that you've pretty much been doing for years. <laughs> so that was funny. 
like I said, I'd have been, a, I'd have been like, I'm Optimus Prime, bitch. What? <laughs> anyway, next up. All righty. So you can help celebrate 50 years of Star Trek animation with the launch of Star Trek Very Short Tracks. So Star Trek continues its salute to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek the Animated Series with the launch of Star Trek of Very Short Treks 5, all new animated promotional shorts, and the new comic book, Star Trek the Animated Celebration, presents The Skymer Barrier, both debuting on Friday, September 8th, mere minutes Mm -hmm. from now, as of the time of this recording, as part of the annual Star Trek Day Global Celebration. All right. Uh, uh, yes. Do uh, you want me to finish it up? Or? No, no. I was going to say the first animated spot will launch on Star Trek Day, September 8th, which I did not know was Star Trek Day, mm-hmm. exclusively on StarTrek.com and the official Star Trek YouTube channel with four additional animated spots rolling out weekly on Wednesdays through October 4th at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Yeah, so this article also has the... Um, the uh the release dates of all the short treks um also worth noting that yes tomorrow is star trek day um and they have a whole a few different things um planned including i think i'll i don't know if it's an all-day live stream but uh i think something we talked about last week um or we should we might not talk about that part but yeah there's there's they have live stream plans on paramount plus plus on that day and of course i already said earlier that um uh, Star Trek Lower Deck Season 4 has already started uh, as of today. Uh, what wasn't mentioned already in this article is some of the names uh, involved with this uh, with these short treks, which, uh, such as um, you know, Star Trek uh, notables such as uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Gates McFadden, Ethan Peck, uh, Connor Trinier, Trinier, if you're a, an Enterprise fan, um, uh, George Sakai as Sulu, amongst others. Uh, and some folks, some other folks from uh, Strange from New World, like Celia Rose Gooding, and so on. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is going to be interesting. I will definitely end up checking them out, and hopefully, we'll be letting folks know uh, when I check them out. Next up, though, uh, actually, we probably don't have to have to talk about too much about this. Um, actually. Because this is going back to Star Trek Lower Decks, which is season four, which I said has already uh, started. Uh, but apparently the show, um, the se- this season was inspired by a season two episode to, quote unquote, change things up in a funny way. Uh, and this article kind of goes into that. Um, oh, right. That episode. OK, so yeah, there was an episode in season two which pretty much shed light on other Lower Decks and other ships. Or, uh, in other factions in the Star Trek universe, um, which was a kind of actually amusing, uh, and now they I guess they're they're uh, they're doing something with that going before that, which you could see, which yeah, um, if you are up on lower decks and saw the uh, last episode of last season, you could see something already changing, or there's going to be ad- additions to the cast. Let's just say. Uh, next up, though. All right, so this article is just kind of a primer on the relationship between Ezra Bridger and Sabine Wren, uh, you know, noting how their relationship started, developed, and how it seems to have changed into something else. 
or at least seem to uh, develop into something else uh, in the most recent episode of Ahsoka. So take a look at this article when you have a chance. Uh, look it up in our show notes. Yeah. And speaking of Ahsoka, um, I almost sent this to uh, Agent 70 uh, b- b- well before the show, but um, Ahsoka showrunner had one request for Mary Elizabeth Winstead before filming, and that basically was to uh, go back and watch the uh, uh, the episodes of uh, Rebels uh, to kind of get a little bit more, you know, uh, about the the character and her love of flying, so to speak. That's not even so to speak, but yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So, I think, wait, is there some? Yeah, that was just Rebels. So, yeah. Next up. All righty. Uh, in an exclusive to comicbookmovie.com. X-Men 97 rogue actress Lenore Zahn says fans should buckle up for a wild ride, sugar, in MCU revival. Okay, and that's it. I'm not going to go into all of it, but uh, yeah, that's what she says. Buckle up. And then she screamed like a banshee, and uh, and um, her powers went wild. Oh, no. That's a X- yes, that's a X-Men TAS reference. Y'all know it. Anywho... Mm-hmm. Marvel shuffles, uh, shuffles, excuse me, TV calendar with new dates for Agatha, Echo, and X-Men 97, speaking of. And also, uh, uh, before going any further, um, uh, a show was taken off of um, the schedule. So, uh, Loki Season 2 is pretty much going to be the only uh, Disney Plus show, Marvel Disney Plus show, uh, that's going to uh, premiere this fall. Says so the second season of uh, oh, excuse me. Well, I'll take it back. Uh, what if is going to debut around Christmas Day? Um, according to this, uh, Echo was originally announced for ni- uh, November twenty five, twenty ninth, but is moved to January. And uh, Ironheart, which was originally supposed to um, uh, drop sometime this fall, is now off the books. Is off the schedule. Um, for reasons unknown. It says here that uh, the the shooting was finished, but its completion is affected by the strikes. Uh, Dead Devil Born Again uh, also uh, is being, well, excuse me, was expected to debut in spring 2024, um, as was Wonder Man, but both have been paused amidst strikes. Um, uh, Oh, the Agatha Harkness um, show, uh, Coven of Chaos, uh, has also been pushed back to fall 2024. So that's, and X-Men 97 is also, um, is pushed back to 2024. So there you go. A lot of shows push one taken off the books, um, or off the schedule for some reason or for reasons. Um, and there you go. So we're still getting Loki, uh, next month. Uh, next up. Right. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, until the studios decide to be fair to the writers and actors, we're not going to be done finding out about these delays and things getting pushed back or off the calendar. Sure. So don't be disappointed. It's it's the studio's fault. It's the studio's head's fault. Yes. (laughs) Specifically. So, all right, next up, uh, Goosebumps, the new TV series from Disney Plus, premieres Friday the 13th. 
So it premieres uh, Friday, the 13th of October. I had no idea that the October, the October 13th was a Friday. I have something scheduled for the Wednesday after, but I did not notice that Friday the 13th was actually in October this year. Well, guess what? Now you do, and uh, 90s kids rejoice because uh, I guess this is, what, the second, probably third iteration of a live-action Goosebumps or Are You Alone in the Dark, something like that. I don't know. But regardless, um, hey, there you it's go. after my time, folks. It's after my time. Same here. Next up, though. Oh God! Oh. I was about to say, I'm like, what did you? What? What? I was about to say, where did you get that sound clip from? No, I didn't. It's a, it was a, a ad on the site uh, that popped up. I love it. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, Blue Beetle flies, flies above 100 million at the global box office. So, yeah, Blue Beetle still making money. By the way, there was a Blue Beetle book that uh, came out this week, but didn't get a chance to uh, check it out. So, next up. All right, Scott Pilgrim takes off, releases a new image, releases new images ahead of its premiere. So, uh, it's going to premiere this fall on Netflix releasing november 19th and we have some images of the new anime yeah so yeah i'm kind of looking forward to that um and this puts us squarely into the anime corner Uh, blink. So pretty much everything there is to know. Well, I don't know. Those, these articles are a little, you know, false at best. But you know, there is an article that claims to have everything that we know about Spy Family season two, which is coming um, in the next month or two. Uh, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but hey, if you're looking, I'm just looking to see if it actually has a release date. Uh, there is a trailer attached, which I think that trailer may or may not have been uh, released already, if I'm not mistaken. It says here that um, uh, Season 2 is expected to adapt chapters 37 through 76 of the manga. Uh, so if you're up on that, there you go. And still looking for... Uh, see, yeah, we talked about the movie before, which is Spy Family Code White, which is said to be released... released uh, Oh, my mommy's birthday. Hey, December 22nd, 2023. Uh, but that's pretty much all. Oh, wait, it says. So, yeah, that's pretty much all we know at this point. Next up. All right. The Cowboy Bebop Anime Studio announces a surprise sequel to a classic mech series. So nearly two decades after its initial run, the short-lived mecha anime Zigapane is returning in an all-new series with a different twist. Ah, so it is a cult classic series, and uh, the production studio Sunrise has announced its return as revealed uh, in an August 31st, 2023 post to the official site for the Zegapane Project reunion. Okay. So I'm going to just put this out here. This is probably a quote-unquote classic for younger folks because according to this, this is a 2006 series. Uh, <laughs> I had never heard of it before. That. Not saying that I'm the end-all and be-all of mech, mech uh, um, anime series or anime in general, but you know, you hear things, uh, and this one, sure, 
But it, yeah, I, I stand by what I said. But hey, yeah, uh, Roddy Cat was like, who? Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Because like I have lots of lot of a lot of anime, or a good bit of anime, much less much 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 more uh, mecha anime. Again, not the end all be all, but I'm just saying. I was like, all right. Anyway, next up though, um, Bleach Thousand Year Blood Wars returning after a week off um, for recap. Which again, like I said last week, a re, uh, um, a clip show uh, as a uh, you know or a recap show or a clip show. This is one and the same at this point. Um, and this article is going into a little bit of catch up on its own about what what has gone on uh, up until then. Uh, you will be happy to know if you are not aware that new episodes are currently being uh, will show up on Hulu in the U.S. and Disney Plus and most other company countries. So if you've got those three magic letters, you can catch up. Like some of us are probably going to end up doing when we get to that point because we don't have Hulu. Um, these new re- episodes are released at 7.30 a.m. Pacific. Uh, that's 10.30 Eastern, a.m. Eastern. Um, subtitled release of episode 22 set for Saturday, September 9th. Um, uh, d- 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 dub episodes, who cares? Um, but shortly after. And, yeah. There you go. Next up. Alrighty, so in an in the author's note at the end of My Hero Academia's third chapter, Kohei Horikoshi mentions that initially he was going to go in a much different direction with the character Bakugo, and apparently it turns out that if he'd gone in that different direction, the story would have been markedly different than what the characters uh, than what fans know of the story today. Uh, bottom line, Bakugo has developed into a very strong co lead for this manga and anime. Yeah, which actually that article puts us squarely into uh, the manga corner. But before we continue that, um, I'm just going to throw this in here for the anime corner uh, really quickly in that um, there was a new trailer for Castlevania Nocturne um, that came out today. And I know there are people who are are waiting for that, including myself. Um... September 28th is when uh, Castlevania Nocturne, a.k.a. the the newest season of uh, Castlevania anime uh, um, pops off. And it says here, according to, yeah, yeah, it's focusing on Richter, um, who's the son of uh, Trevor and Cypher from from the previous series. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Now on to the manga corner. Nice. Uh, Shonen Jump begins uh, title calling to make room for a new next wave project. Not to be confused with the Marvel comic book, which, uh, hey, it's a good book to read it. Um, mm-hmm. So it says here, Shonen Jump see, canceled a title called Fabricant 100 to make room for titles it believes to, may have an even brighter future as a series, which, wow, way to have confidence. Um, over the next week, Weeks, three new series will make their debut in the magazine as a part of the Next Wave Initiative, whose authors were all nominees for the Tezuka Osama Cultural uh, Prize Award. Uh, as revealed in Shonen Jump number 40, 
yeah, Fabricant 100 concluded its story with this past week's publication of its 36th chapter. I'm trying to see what is the new stuff. Here we go. Um, Yoshihiko Hayashi's Mama Yuyu, Takiro Hokazono's Kaguro Bachi, and Elk Etsumo's Two on Ice are the new series uh, that are going to be um, that are going to be uh, debuted. Uh, and this article goes into that, but uh, those articles, I mean, those goes up um, new shows, but I will not. You can read it for yourself in the show notes. Next up. All righty. So we're in uh, comic book mm-hmm. news now. So surprise, surprise, Image Comics just had its weirdest crossover in years. Now, Image Comics crossover, is, you know, crossing comics crossing over is nothing new. They crossed over relatively early on in their existence. Mm-hmm. But now, in a new title, Local Man Gold Number 1, there was a gathering of a surprising number of image characters. So uh, that's oh, spoilers for Local Man, Local Man Gold Number 1 from Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks. Yeah. Which I think that was from last week, I guess. But we neither one of us was uh, reading that. Okay, come on, stop that. New Transformers canon could could include other Hasbro product uh, properties, which uh, this will be um, happy news for Agent Seventy. Includes Micronauts and say it with me, folks, Rom Space Knight. No, leave <laughs> Rom out. Let Rom go back to Marvel. License him back. <laughs> so this is slight spoilers for um, Void Rivals number three, number three, which was from a couple of weeks back. Uh, specifically, the letters page in which uh, Kirkman answers some um, some 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 uh, reader questions about such things. Because I won't go into the whole thing, but he basically teased out the possibility of. Um, such uh, characters such as Rom Space Knight uh, can kind of fold into this new Energon universe at some point. Um, because we already know Transformers and G.I. Joe are already mixed with us. Still not entirely sure how G.I. Joe is, is tied into this because none of that has bared uh, out yet, but I guess we'll find that out. So, next up. Alright, next up... DC announces a full Batman Day 2023 lineup. This upcoming... Oh, wow. Next Saturday, mm-hmm. September 16th, is Batman Day 2023. First and foremost, DC is continuing its Batman Day tradition of putting out free special edition comics. This year, the free offerings available in comic shops include Batman Catwoman, The Gotham War, Prelude Batman Day, Special Edition Number 1, Batman and the Joker, The Deadly Duo Number 1, Batman Day Special Edition, and Batman Number 608. Again, Batman Day Special Edition. Fans will also be able to purchase both the Batman 89 hardcover collection and Batman uh, Gargoyle of Gotham Number 1. They always put out that 608, man. Yeah. Um, what is that book? What is? Do you know what uh, what issue that is? Six Away is Hush, if I'm not mistaken. It's okay. Jim Lee. Okay. 
Yeah, it's, I'm not. I'm not. It's, the, fir- it's the first issue of Jim Lee's run on Batman. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, there's some other stuff uh, with Max and and some other things, but we don't need, necessarily need to go into all that. They got stuff planned. I'm sure we'll probably revisit some of this next week. Um, but DC's Robin is now an AI thanks to um, uh, Batman Justice Buster. So, I guess this probably should have been closer to the manga corner, but whatever. Uh, this came out this week, if I'm not mistaken, but I didn't get a chance to read it. So, it says that um, Batman Justice Buster has the Cape Crusader noticed that crime in Gotham City has dangerously escalated in the face of his own crime-fighting efforts. So no, no surprise there. Uh, in order to combat this rise in violent crime and the growing number of increasingly deadly supervision villains, menacing Gotham, Bruce Wayne develops an advanced artificial intelligent program dubbed R-O-B-I-N to help him on his super mission, superhero mission. Uh, however, this spurs several severe consequences that not even the Dark Knight can anticipate as his adventures take an even more harrowing turn. Uh, and then the rest of the article is um, is is an is a interview with the uh, the writer of this, and this comes from uh, DC's collaboration with Coden Shaw. So, like I said, it probably should have been closer to the manga corner, but whatever. Um, I might check this out actually because um, I'm I'm curious as, as to uh, what this thing is. Next up, alrighty. So, in an interview with CBR, Al Ewing explains the inspiration, but behind the new book, Avengers Inc. Bottom line is that uh, Al Ewing says that it grew originally out of the question of, quote, who the Avengers avenge, of taking that name and getting serious with it. Uh, he uh, further elaborated and said that it was, you know, based off of his love for the Janet Van Dyne character, and he wanted to pair her up with someone in a duo that would be the core of a new Avengers book, Solving a Mysteries. Okay. I'm excited sounds like, you know, it sounds like fun. It'll yeah. be out uh, next week, September 13th. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this book. Um, again, Al, Al Ewing, you know, The Wasp, Vision, excuse me, Victor Slade, hey, it's all great. Uh, next up, though, Stronger than before, Wolverine officially gains Helverine powers as Marvel's new Ghost Rider. This is spoilers for Wolverine number thirty-six. Did that come out? This was it out this week? I guess I'm going to assume because I know that Ghost Rider um, Wolverine thing also happened this weekend. This week, um, but I won't go too far in it because I know Agent Seventy may or may not be reading Wolverine still. On and off. Yeah. I know that he's been crossing over with Ghost Rider, so it's interesting. Oh, this might—I wonder if this this might have been from like week before last. I think I can't remember because um because yeah because that whole team up with them thing has been going on for the last couple of couple of weeks. So right. Uh, next up though, Marvel is introducing Dinosaur Avengers in the Fantastic Four. It looks like it is in the next issue because we saw an image of this in the preview for the next issue in mm-hmm. this week's Fantastic Four. So uh, this is a preview for uh, that issue, Fantastic Four, number 12, on sale October 4th. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, Avengers, get sure. with it. Why not? <laughs> the, book's, the book's done other strange things, so why not? Um, 
God's Walk Amongst Us, uh, as um, Marvel revealed their, quote, secret Peter Parker identities. Uh, this is from Jonathan Hickman and Villario Schiti. Uh, let's see. It says that um, Hickman basically says that, hey, cosmic entities such as in between and in eternity can walk on Earth in human form. And I guess um, th- uh, the these folks uh, uh, are doing so uh, in this book or will be shown to be doing so in this book. Let's put it that way. Um, there's this thing in this thing that says, um, <laughs> the world of gods is a complex and layered, like it's a Hickman book. I'm not surprised by that. So this is going to be an interesting read when we get around to it. Next up, Toy Corner. Uh, kind of. So, uh, at least this, uh, this story is a mix of, uh, the new limited edition membership kit for Mar- membership kit. For Marvel Unlimited, which is not a sponsor, but a tool that we utilize a lot. But neither of us are uh, the high-level members that get all of the exclusive things that come with the digital subscription. This year, the new limited edition membership kit includes um, a Marvel Legends Nova in a red suit. And when I first saw this, I was like, red suit? When did he have this? Oh, when he was in the New Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's the suit he's wearing on the cover of New Warriors number one. Mm-hmm. So if you are a completist and you really need that version of Nova, guess what? This may be one of your ways to uh, get it. You know, they may reissue it down the line. They may right. not. Oh, I, but, I feel uh, I feel pretty confident they probably will. <laughs> You know, you never know. But ultimately, if you really, really have a hankering for it, this is how you get it. Yeah, this was a also new a- Marvel Unlimited uh, limited edition membership of ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents a year. Yeah, which you get. Exclu- you get. I was going to say you get exclusive comics too, and a patch and uh, stuff. Yeah, I need to re up on um, uh, Marvel Unlimited because they just was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> they just sent me an email a, 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 a day or two ago. I'm not doing this, but still. Right. Um, next up, though, Marvel celebrates uh, the Infinity Saga. I couldn't remember whether we did this one or not uh, previously, or we probably have talked about it, but I'm bringing it up here. Um, so basically, the pre-orders are live as of August 31st for the Infinity Saga uh, Marvel Legends figures, which includes... Um, uh, Bruce Banner, uh, Black Widow, Captain America, War Machine, Spider Man, Thor, and Iron Man, Mark Two and Mark Forty Six. Uh, this article, oh yeah, it does have some pictures at the very of some of them. So, yeah, they've redone some of them. Um, I like the new uh, Chris Evans head sculpt. You know, maskless head sculpt for the uh, Winter Soldier Captain America. As you can see right there for, on the video version. So that's actually, you know, that's that's tempting, but I'm not that big on the uh, the movie versions. But, yeah. you know, if you were big on the movie versions, that's probably a better one to have than the first one. Right. Yeah, definitely better likenesses for, for all of these. So as I scroll through them. Cool. Next up. 
All right, give me a moment. Uh, retro carded Marvel Legends add Moon Knight and debut Spider Man. Now, this is something I, I'm probably going to jump on because uh, these are Target exclusives. And uh, I'm probably going to pre-order the Amazing Fantasy-style Spider-Man, which I did not pick up I, the first time around. I did get the retro Moon Knight, the, o, the OG Moon Knight, as it were. But if you, did, if you missed out on it, guess what? You can still get it. But uh, through uh, Target.com. Yeah. There we go. Scroll through those images. Cool stuff. Uh... Thankfully, I'm sure Agent Seventy's glad he did not get this one. Uh, Disney World Candles, a second. What do you do? Oh, wait. I thought I'd turn that off. Hate this. Disney World Candles, a second chapter will include Raya, uh, Winnie Pooh, and more Mulan. So, yeah, there's. Uh, if you thought that Disney World Candles stuff was going to end with um, uh, the, the first set of cards that uh, apparently are very hard to find, or at least for me anyway. Uh, then hey, there you go. Um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else about release date or anything? Uh, no, not really. But hey, if you're out there playing Disney Lord Canon, I know at least one person that is. Uh, I hope you're enjoying yourself. Next up. One second. Gargoyles Remastered brings a classic 2D side-scroller to modern consoles in October. So this is some video game news. So uh, Gargoyles Remastered is releasing on October 19th. Publisher Disney Games has announced and with a stylish, fresh coat of paint. So the original Gargoyles was a 2D side-scrolling action platformer released exclusively on the Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis, in 1995. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. <laughs> I vaguely remember this game, because I know Disney, there's a bunch of Disney games going on around this time, like Lion King and, uh, you know, DuckTales and all that kind of good mess that was, uh, that was out. Well, DuckTales was previous, so don't at me, but still. Um, I know there's some Gargoyles fans out there, so I'm pretty sure this is Definitely for them, if they knew about it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a Gargoyles fan. I, you know, I wasn't playing. I didn't have all the consoles, so that's the right. Thing. I'm also finding myself. I don't and know, in 1995, I was a little post, you know, like video game at home. Well, I was not, but yeah, I was still kind of too busy to <laughs> play video games because I was working all the time. But yeah, um. But yeah, like I said, I, I barely remember this one. I'm going to have to go and see if I can... Well, I, I feel like I, I have a way to play it already. Um, but I'll be looking into this anyway. Uh, next up, though... Uh, new Transformers figures blends Robots in Disguise with Frankenstein's Monster. Um, this is one of the few times where I can safely say that I, yeah, I probably won't be looking for this one. Or checking out for this one. The new monstrosity is called Frankentron. Uh, and it draws inspiration from the classic 1931 film Frankenstein, uh, just in time for Hollywood, Halloween. And it is priced at $44.99 and uh, slated to release uh, in fall 2023. And pre-orders um, are open at this point. So if uh, any of that sounds good to you, have at it. Next up. 
All right, Armin Shimmerman and Terry Farrell join the Delta Flyers podcast for Star Trek Deep Space Nine rewatch. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm opening this article now. Early in the pandemic, Star Trek Voyager stars Garrett Wang and Robert Duncan McNeil started the Delta Flyers podcast. So the duo watched, recapped, and reviewed an episode of Voyager making their way uh, every week through the show chronologically. A few weeks ago, they wrapped things up with the Voyager finale endgame. Oh, there's a common title. Having rushed to get it all in the proverbial can before the SAG after strike started so they would not leave listeners hanging. Now they've announced that the popular podcast will begin a new chapter as they rewatch Star Trek Deep Space Nine with two stars of that series. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. The funny part, when I saw this, I was like, uh, well, when they get to that last season, I'm sure Terry Farrell is going to have something to say. Or maybe not. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I, I knew they. Were, I remember hearing about them doing this during during pan, pan, uh, pandemic, and I never watched it because I was like, you know what? If you're gonna do it properly, you're gonna you know watch with them, you know? Because I don't know, because they're doing recaps and not necessarily like you know watching uh, watching while they're talking while they're talking. So, and I'm sure their uh, insights on on uh, on uh, you know probably behind the scenes stuff is, is quite amusing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not so keen on doing any kind of rewatch of Voyager, but <laughs> Space Nine is something else. And what's interesting about this is that they can't start with DS9 until after the SAG after strike is over, right. as actors are still prohibited from promoting quote struck work unquote. But they still have a lot of episodes lined up, and they right. posted this note on Patreon that has a lot of. Um, uh, interview the the there's basically talks about who they have scheduled to interview right so yeah i know wow. some people are probably probably surprised it was like what does podcast have to do with you know the strike you'd be surprised uh because I've, I've heard this is not the first time i've heard of you know people not doing certain podcasts because of you know because of strikes going on for for the reasons mentioned so right 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 there's you know like everything from like uh uh they call us bruce which focuses on um uh, uh, Asians and Asian American, uh, uh, you know, shows and stories. They've talked about how, because of the strike, they've had to, you know, kind of redo uh, some of what they work on. So I know exactly what you know. These podcasts that have um, Hollywood-based uh, content, you know, have to go through now. Right. So. Oh, so Robert Duncan McNeil is Paris, okay? Right, yeah, and, and real, yeah, and Garrett Garrett uh, Wang is uh, Kim, uh, Harry Kim. Oh, he's the he's the Asian guy. Him, I know. <laughs> Him, I know. I had to figure out who Robert Duncan McNeil was. Right, which hey, Paris shows up in. Is, well, Paris is a part of um um the Star Trek ongoing comics. I wonder if uh, he's mentioned it uh, uh, during this podcast. Or doing any of these podcasts, so. But yeah, I'm like I said, I want to check the check definitely check those out. Um, I know you can still find the old, old episodes out there, probably on Spotify and whatnot. So, but yeah, I will definitely mm-hmm. be looking forward mm-hmm. to uh, to checking out um, uh, 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 a and Dex on the. That's pretty cool. On, That's on the pretty DS9 cool. Watch. 
But like, but like I said, I would mu- be much more interested in doing a rewatch of DS9. Oh, absolutely. Them. You know, despite the fact that – wait, is <clears throat> DS9 is exclusively on Paramount now, right? Mm, possibly. I know all of that stuff is definitely over there, but some of that stuff is, is made it to other places. So I'm not sure. It probably is at this point. I'm not sure. Right, 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 right. Just curious because – um, I, you know, that would be one thing I'd be interested in doing a rewatch. It's like, I, I, I remember doing, uh, uh, the West Wing weekly. Mm-hmm. I love the West Wing and I, you know, that know podcast this. is one of my favorite rewatch podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure, you know, by, by other means, I'm sure you can, if, if you don't have access to Paramount plus you can find it on, on other streaming services in other places. I thought, mm-hmm. Wait, I thought Matt was supposed to be getting you on his. No, mind, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> since that did come up during a prior show, nevertheless, um, last well, well, last one on the slate. But I'm probably going to throw another one in. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' new team of ninjas, uh, turtle Ninja Turtles, were originally just an Easter egg. So if you've been keeping up with, um, um. The last Ronin stuff, the Teenage Mutant Ninja last Ronin stuff, uh, specifically the more, well, actually, no, even the, the original series, there were there was the introduction of four new turtles, um, uh, and uh, there is a uh, actually uh, they have come they have come back up a couple of different times uh, since then, including this um, uh, re evolution book which i don't know if it's out yet or well if it's a spoiler thing it must already be out but i can't remember if i read it already uh nevertheless apparently eastman says that um oh during the yeah during during uh a comic-con interview uh eastman uh, kevin eastman and co-writer tom waltz uh, and the, the rest of the creative team were, were talking about uh, the upcoming uh, The Last Run Into Re-Evolution and discussed what went into crafting the next chapter of the lore. Uh, during the interview, Tom Waltz revealed that Kevin Eastman simply decided to include four turtles in a terrarium in the final issue just to see how people react. And I do remember reacting to that when we talked about The Last Ronin. Uh, so I wondered, was wondering if they were going to do anything with that. And it turns out they did. So, congratulations. Worked as advertised. Um, and there's a, little sound, uh, there's a little quote here, but I don't necessarily have to go into all of that. But that's interesting to know. Um, I want to bring up one thing before we hit the last ad read that I just saw. Um, and I'll put it in the show notes. But um, Sunday, sept- uh, excuse me, Tuesday, September 12th, uh, the fifth episode of uh, Star Wars Ahsoka is going to head to theaters. Oh! Yes. Uh, it says here, those who wish to uh, attend can RSVP for a nearby screaming screening via GoFobo, I guess. Is that how it's pronounced? So, yeah. there's a, the, This will be in the show notes. It'll take place at AMC Theaters across... Uh, it says a total of 10 one-time screenings of Ahsoka episode 5 will take place at AMC theaters across the United States on the evening of September 12th. Um, and this lists um, the, the well, there's a list here of participating theaters. 
uh, most in you. <laughs> right. Um, no, yep. most of the stuff is major cities. Ah, uh, so, so I'm assuming there's some place in New York that has. Yep, that. Uh, AMC Empire 25 IMAX to be specific. Oh, I know where that is. It's time. That's Times Square, I think. Yeah, but like I said, every place else is you know Chicago, Dallas, uh, L.A., um, uh, Philly, uh, D.C., et cetera, et cetera. You know. I could go after work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, it says okay. Now it just goes into stuff. Blah, blah. But yeah, so yeah, if you if you um, check this episode, this particular episode of our podcast before that happens, and you're interested, hey, you can go check that out. A nice little uh, uh, theater experience for for that show. Seemed like that might be pretty cool if you are in a major city, one of the, the, the major cities that is uh, that is happening. Uh, and that is it, folks, for the news. Can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of that page. From there, scroll down cspn.us and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends, except for those Target exclusives. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. There we go. I'll just fill that in later. All right, folks. We are at the end of this here podcast, or I guess there's, well, there is Tor Corner, but not really Tor Corner, but, or Show and Tell, whatever you want to call it. But um, hey, um, uh, Spider Man Across the, the Spider Verse is out on uh, physical release. It's already yes, been Yes, both of us, we both got our copies. Yep, yep. So, you know, it's out there. Not a, We're not being sponsored by them, just saying, hey, it's a good movie to watch it. <laughs> right. I got to make some time like within the next week or two to just sit down and rewatch and pause to my heart's content mm. and look at all of the Easter eggs that I, I that, w- that were just impossible to see right. watching that theater. Right. Because things went fast and furious at a, at a, at a certain point or at most points of that movie. Yep, 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 yep. So, but yeah, um, I plan on doing something similar. In fact, I said something about doing a, a, a double feature, but I was like, I feel like I should wait till the next one comes out and and then just do them all. <laughs> see, see how they see how they uh to mesh well together. We know the the, the uh, these this one and the next one will because there is a part one, part two. But hey, um, we'll see how they how they bring it on home. But with that, folks, um. We're going to call it a night here because it's almost midnight and uh, I am hungry. So I feel like uh, Goku when I say that. <laughs> um, there was a couple of other things I could have brought up, but uh, we we're going to leave that for some other time because I need to pour through it. Um, oh, they're showing it out in Orlando, Florida. That's not a major city. Uh, I mean, it is for Disneyland, but yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I know. I know. That's. I, I was going to add that. I knew, uh, 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 but thankfully, you did first. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I knew. Should have known it was going to be one of those things. Um, but yeah, kind of crazy. Anywho, 
with that, folks, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Popcorner on Twitter. Popcornernetwork.com and all the zone umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G eight. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the, the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N. TheClickNation.com. And of course, first and foremost, uh, over at comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams, where he's over there writing his face off. Now I'm heading over to the GoFootball website to see if I can get uh, tickets. <laughs> nice. To go after work. Right. I'm like, it's literally like two blocks away from my office. Three blocks. Yeah, two blocks away from my office. Well, that's nice. Three blocks away. Yeah, it's, it's close. Yeah. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can find apparently the Matrix on Peacock. Um, and uh, maybe possibly not on Max much longer, but we're, that's a, that's it says a, join wait list. That's a tease for next week, folks. Wait, it oh, says wait. join wait list. It's already it's it's too late already. Mm, probably, yeah, because usually, which is weird because I I always wonder like I know are there people like stalking stalking Fandango and and or. Places. I mean, obviously, people get no. It's it's just like go fobo. That's the thing. It's just one. Yeah, it says this event is full. Join no, waitlist. No, 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 I know that. But what I'm saying is, like, AMC puts out a lot of um, AM between AMC and Regal and them put out a lot of um, you know, emails and such for this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder mm-hmm. if there are people who are really just like, you know, like checking for those for the, for this kind of real, for this to happen. Right. Right. So that's kind of wild, but you know what? Sure, why not? <laughs> Good for them, though. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of wonder how how far ahead in advance that, that they put. It. Well, actually, I do know because I get some of those emails. But regardless, nevertheless, um, you can find us. Um, I did CSPN already. I did the the um, the thing. So. Uh, you can find us every Thursday night, uh, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30-ish uh, standard, Eastern Standard Time, when we record live on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash Chronicles. And we thank folks for being out, whether uh, whether you catch this live or after the fact. Guys, make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us the five-star reviews. And hit the notification button so that you know when we're on live. Yeah. And if you're out there playing Starfield, hey, I'll see you amongst the stars or something like that, whatever. Because I know people are hitting that hot and heavy, much like myself. Uh, and with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. Wakanda forever.